okay, there's, uh, there's something, this has to be worked out. So we heard in our first two readings um, this, this thing about the, the, the fear of the Lord. Uh, charm is deceptive and beauty fleeting. The woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. So lifting up as, as an example of someone worth imitating, of someone worth, worth praising and, and uh, emulating. The woman who fears the Lord. And then we all said this as our psalm response. Blessed are those who fear the Lord. And we talked about how uh, we, we heard it read. Blessed are those who fear the Lord, who walk in his ways. For you shall eat the fruit of your handiwork. Blessed shall you be and favored. And then going on to talking more about how the, these blessings are coming for those who fear the Lord. So, so in our first reading, in our, our second, our psalm response, we have this as lifted up, something that is valuable, that, that seems like essential to, to have this gift of fear of the Lord. And, but then in our gospel passage, what, what did we hear? When this master came back to render accounts with his servants, the, the one who only received one talent, who buried his master's money, he says, oh, he, I mean, he insults the guy, right? He's like, I knew that you were demanding and that you basically are a thief, that you harvest where you don't plant. And so out of fear of you, what did I do? I buried your talent. And then what do we hear from the master who, you know, hopefully we can understand this is a, a parable about the final judgment. So it's, it's something that we're all going to face when we have to render account for the gifts that God has given to us. Where we, have to, we have to show him, like, look what I did for you or, or out of fear of you, I, I, I didn't do this. And so this man is saying, out of fear of you, I, I buried your money. And then he hears the words from the master who ultimately is Jesus. You wicked, lazy servant. And then eventually he turns to the, to the others. He's like, take this guy, take his money and throw him out where there's wailing and grinding of teeth. This, this is really confusing. And, and to add to the confusion, there, I mean, there's, there's even more things we could add to the confusion. Um, to add to the confusion, we, we hear this different than what we would typically expect when we're talking about the Old Testament and the New Testament. So it's, we have a faulty understanding, I think, in a general way of, of the two parts of the Bible, the Old Testament and the New Testament. But what we typically expect is that in the Old Testament, God is going to be more angry and vengeful and looking to punish. But then in the New Testament, well, Jesus comes along and Jesus is kind and gentle and patient and, and compassionate. And yet, what, what do we hear in these readings between our first reading, our Old Testament readings, and our gospel is the opposite of what we'd expect. We would hear that, that in, we would expect that the Old Testament reading would be about how, how like God is going to punish us. And we'd expect the New Testament to be about how God is going to be merciful. But instead, it's, it's like, no, the Old Testament talks about fear of the Lord being a good thing and, and how that person is going to receive blessing upon blessing. Whereas in the, the New Testament, Jesus, he delivers these harsh words, harsh words. It's just like, into the eternal fires with you, right? Like, get you wicked and lazy. This is, this is confusing. Still more, we know that throughout the, the Christian tradition, for 2,000 years, Christians have always understood that this thing called fear of the Lord is actually, it's a really important thing. It's a gift of the Holy Spirit, we say. It's a virtue, uh, a gift of the Holy Spirit uh, to understand that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of all wisdom. So what in the world is going on ultimately with Jesus? What is going on? And, and this, I think, it's, it's worth our while to wrestle with. You know, if, if, if we're reading the, the, the Gospels and we aren't challenged by them, if we're not challenged in our, our general way of thinking, then we're, we're reading them wrong. We're, we're, we're missing something. In fact, a lot of times, the parables are meant to have that kind of effect on us. I, I've mentioned this before, but we, we hear parables and we think like, oh, it's, it's a nice little story that Jesus tells so that we can understand things better. When in fact, a lot of times the parables, they have a twist to them that is meant to kind of make it something that we have to really think about and 
wrestle with and, and sort of like mull over in our minds. And I think, I think this exact thing is what Jesus is trying to get at here is, is this like, okay, well, this guy did this, he says, out of fear of you. And yet in response, you're calling him wicked and lazy. What's going on? So in my, my thoughts this morning, I think what I, what I settled on was this, that there are like two levels of fear. Um, and these two levels of fear are, are something that I think both are necessary for us. But if we don't have both, then there's going to be something missing in our understanding of God and our approach toward him. And if, if there's something missing, then that ultimately is what's going to lead us to missing out on, on entering into the joy of the master. And, and I think in some ways we get this, or at least if you, if you ever go to confession, you get this. And, and I know that not all Catholics go to confession, unfortunately, uh, even though it's one of our, the requirements of our faith. But I know a lot of Catholics don't, don't do this. But, but if you understand this, if you ever recite uh, what, so you, you confess your sins, the priest gives you uh, some, some counsel, he gives you a penance to, to fulfill, and then he says what? Now if you would say your act of contrition. And one of the acts of contrition, I, haven't, I should have checked multiple, there's, there's you know, a whole bunch of different options that you could choose. But for sure, the one that is on the pieces of paper in our confessionals, it says this, uh, my God, I'm sorry for my sins with all my heart. Uh, why? Because I fear the loss of heaven and the pains of hell. I fear the loss of heaven and the pains of hell. But then it says, but most of all, because they offend you, my God, who are all good and deserving of all of my love. These, these two levels of fear when it comes to approaching the Lord. And I think this, this in some ways can, can work in approaching anybody. If we understand this, that sometimes we have a kind of fear of people or, or, I mean, let's just keep the Lord with this. Sometimes we can have a fear of God that is focused almost exclusively on, I don't want to go to hell. I don't, I don't, I don't want to miss out on heaven. I might not even understand that God is good, but I know that hell is bad and I, I don't want to go there. So I'm going to do what I'm supposed to do because I don't want to go there. That's, that's one level of fear, and we'll talk more about that in a minute. Uh, but there's, a, there's another level of fear that is, it's not, it's not so much focused on that. Of course, like there's always this, this focus, right? So this one kind of bleeds into the second level of fear. But this, this second, like deeper level of fear, it more recognizes how good God is, how generous he is, how, how he actually like, it's not just that, he, he gives us laws and we got to follow the laws or else, but it's that he gives us these laws for the purpose of having a relationship with us. That, that God who is all good and all powerful and who is, who is majestic in, in all of his glory, that God, he comes down to us because he wants to look us in the face, eye to eye, face to face, because he wants a relationship with us. And so the second level of fear is, is not so much focused on like heaven or hell. It, I mean, like I said, it bleeds into that, and that's certainly a part of it. But more than anything, it's just like, I, I don't want to ruin this relationship. He, he comes because he wants a relationship with me. And not just any kind of relationship, but like a loving relationship. He wants to adopt me as one of his children. And he wants to love me in that way. And he does love me in that way. And, and ultimately, like, if I, if I do something that's going to offend him, then I'm breaking that relationship. And that's just like a sad thing. That's that deeper level of love or deeper level of fear of the Lord. And that's, that's the kind of fear of the Lord I think that is to be praised, which, which is, is just focused on this relationship that God wants to have with us. That still, of course, I recognize that within this relationship, I got to keep the laws that he gives because the laws, they're, they're, they're at the service of this relationship. But at the same time, it's not, it's not just because I'm afraid of going to hell. It's because I'm afraid of losing my, my relationship with my, my dad, my, my father. 
And I don't, I don't want to lose that. Now, what, what's tricky about this, I think, I mean, there, there's maybe a couple of things that are tricky about this. The first thing is that ultimately, we're talking about the same thing in both categories. We're ultimately talking about our, our words, our actions, and our thoughts. And, and that, that goes to play in this, like God does give us laws, and if we don't follow his laws with our actions, with our words, if we willingly consent to thoughts that are not appropriate for, for the kingdom, well, then we're breaking his laws. And if we're breaking his laws, then, then damnation is, is a reality. It's, it's a possibility for us. But at the same time, again, it's, it's like, okay, well, let, let's say I want to have a good relationship with him. Well, I still, in that relationship, need to be acting appropriately and speaking appropriately and, and thinking appropriately and resisting certain things, certain temptations in order to maintain this relationship. So with, with both categories, we're talking about our thoughts, our words, our actions. But then there's also this other tricky thing, which is, which is this, that, well, where, where, does, where does this fall ultimately? Well, a lot of it falls in, like, perspective, in my perspective of God, which resides where? Well, it resides in my mind, and it resides in your mind. And so what's tricky is, is that I can't see what's in your mind, and you can't see what's in my mind. And so... That makes it tough because what we all, generally speaking, want to do is we all want to compare ourselves with each other. And we all, generally speaking, want to judge each other. Now, unfortunately, sometimes we still do that, but, but ultimately, it's, it's only for the Lord to judge. It's only for the Lord to know what's going on in my mind, in my heart, to know whether, whether I'm living simply out of this first level of fear, which is, we could say, like a, a, a fear of a slave, or if I'm living out of this fear of a son or daughter. That's for the Lord to judge. Now, of course, there, there are some indicators that, that we can look at. Of course, like, we, we know this, that, that I can look at a person's actions and I can say, okay, well, that person might have a really good intention about loving God, but that action is objectively sinful. Or that person might have a really good intention about loving God, but someone who speaks in that way is not acting in accord with the laws of God. So there are certainly indicators that, that I can look at in my life or I can look at in your life or you can look at your life and I, you can look at my life and see that. But ultimately, what? It is for the Lord to judge. This is actually why it's, why it's so important for us when a person dies, this is why it's so important for us to not automatically assume heaven for them. In like, in, in similar way, it's, it's also important for us to not automatically assume hell for, the, for any given person. This is for the Lord to judge who takes all things into consideration. And, and for us then to live in this, this kind of way. Uh, really helpful, really important, actually. Now, at the same time, it does fall on each of us to take this seriously. It does fall on each of us to ask this question, like maybe to ask a couple of questions, like how is it that I approach my relationship with God? Do I approach it as like a slave? Because we know this, that there are plenty of people who, who come to Mass every week not because they love God, but because they fear hell, because they know like, well, this is what I'm supposed to do, uh, but, but it's not really because there's any kind of a relationship here, right? There, there's all kinds of people who come to mass week after week after week, but, but between Sundays, they're just like really grumpy all the time and crabby and maybe living immoral lives. We know this. I have people in my life, sometimes, sometimes if I'm honest, sometimes that's how my life is, that, that I, I might revert back to this first level of fear of the Lord of just like, well, I don't really feel like doing this. I don't really feel like loving God, but I guess I'll do it because I don't want to go to hell. Or, or sometimes maybe, you know, flip side of like this, this thing right now might be really tempting for me and I'd really like to do it, but I better not because I don't want to go to hell. Right? Like that, that, that can be the case. 
Uh, but at the same time, we also know that, that sometimes people do come to Mass, and hopefully this happens a lot, right? That people do come to Mass week after week after week because they're just so excited about what the Lord offers them. Because they're so excited about like, oh my gosh, like this is incredible. God, he speaks to me in his word and he wants to have a relationship with me. And, and what's more, like if, if I'm in a state of grace, I can receive the body and blood of Jesus in the Holy Eucharist. Like, this is incredible. And so they come, not, not because of a fear of heaven or hell, but, but because like they can't imagine missing out on this incredible relationship that he offers. And so it's just like, yeah, great. I, I, sure, I don't want to commit any mortal sins, but, but more than that, like, I'm, I'm maybe beyond that in some ways. Like, I want this relationship, and so I just can't imagine missing. I can't imagine. And of course, like, Mass isn't the only thing. It's obviously an essential thing, but there, there are many more things beyond that. Like, this is just an example of just like, okay, how do I approach the Lord? Maybe, maybe one question a person could ask, and, and this, I think, is because of faulty uh, formation that, that, generally speaking, we have had. Uh, the, the first question that I could ask myself is this, is, Remember, I can't, I can't miss out on this first level of fear. And so this first question that I got to ask is like, am I aware that it's possible that I could miss out on heaven? Am I aware of that? Again, I think the way that I was formed in the faith and the way that maybe a lot of us were formed in the faith is that hell was never spoken about. It was just like, oh no, Jesus loves you, so you're definitely going to go to heaven. When in reality, we know this, and, and you know this by now, that, that when we point out passages in the scripture where Jesus speaks about judgment, such as the very passage that we're reading this week, as well as the passage last week and the one that's coming up next week, it is a very, very real possibility that people who claim themselves to be Christians will end up outside of the kingdom. Just like last week, there were five wise virgins and five foolish virgins, and the foolish virgins, they were left what? They were left standing outside knocking and saying, open the door for us. And he said to them those terrible words, I do not know you. And, and similarly, they're, they're, in, in today's passage, what, what does Jesus say? He says, throw him into the fiery, uh, throw him into the outer world where there's darkness, where there's wailing and grinding of teeth. Next week, we're going to hear a similar thing where Jesus separates the sheep from the goats and the goats are sent for what? They're sent for eternal punishment. And so, like, before we move on to this, this deeper level of fear of the Lord, which is the praiseworthy one, we have to ask ourselves, like, am I capable of being in this first level? Am I capable of it? Because we also know people in the church who approach the, the Lord too casually. We know people in the church who say, oh no, I'm definitely going to heaven. It doesn't matter how I live my life. It doesn't matter whether, whether I'm sleeping around or whether I'm drinking too much or whether I'm grumpy all the time or, or whether I miss mass. Like we know this, like no, God loves me and so he wants me to be in heaven. It's true that he does want you to be in heaven. But he also lays out for us that, that there is a reality of the possibility of hell. And so I got to ask myself this question, is it, am I able, am I capable of living in this place of fear of the Lord? Because if I'm not, it doesn't matter if I have the second level. It doesn't matter. Because I don't really have the second level. The second level includes this first level. But then if I can get to this place, then I can understand actually that God is merciful, that he is compassionate, and that, that if I am in a place where I'm, I'm outside of his kingdom because of certain sins that I've committed or certain things that I haven't done, then, well, the good news is that he gives us the means to repent. And so we can turn from our sin and come into this deeper place of just like, oh man, of course I don't want to go to hell, but, but what's more? Like, do I understand that God wants a relationship with me? Do you understand that? 
That it's not just a matter of like doing the right things because you got to do the right things. Yes, it is a matter of doing the right things, sure. But, but what's like there's, there's something deeper here that God wants for us. And that deeper thing is that he wants us to know him. Jesus comes down to us from heaven in human flesh so that we can actually see God and interact with him. He speaks to us with real human words so that we can understand who he is and, and the way that he thinks and the way that he wants to interact with us. And he gives us the Holy Eucharist. He gives us the sacraments of confession, all the sacraments, so that we can hear in sensible, tangible ways or experience in sensible, tangible ways that he is truly with us, that he can forgive our sins. Do you understand that? And from that place, then, to understand of like, I don't, I don't want to break this. That's the second level. That is the praiseworthy fear of the Lord that, that the Lord is getting at. And when we can get to that place and live in that place, well, that's where the blessing upon blessing upon blessing comes. That's ultimately when the Lord comes again. That's ultimately where those people are going to be hearing the words, well done, my good and faithful servant. Because on that day, we're going to be so eager because we were living out of this place of relationship. On that day, we're going to be so eager to say, oh my God, literally, oh my God, I've been waiting for this moment. Let me tell you about everything that I've done for your kingdom. Let me tell you about this. I mean, you know about the relationship. Let me tell you about the ways that I've, I've taken what you've given to me and I've let, it, I've let it infiltrate my life and actually bleed into the lives of other people because this relationship is so good. It's so good. That's, that's the, the kind of person that's going to hear those words from the Lord. So I think, I think the invitation today is just very simple. Do I have a fear of the Lord? Do you have a fear of the Lord? And if so, what level are you on? If you're only on the first level, the Lord invites you to come to this next level to understand that he's good, that he's generous, that he wants a relationship with you. And then to take that step and love him in that way.